But the most interesting thing is happening online. The IT community of Ukraine is more than 200,000 people. Startups, tech companies, developers, these people, they are doing massive attacks on Russian infrastructure. People are doing whatever they could to save their country. And they are doing a great job. The case which really amazed me was when the uh, e-vehicles charging station between Moscow and St. Petersburg, like the major Russian road, uh, they hacked the displays on chargers, which was saying bad words about Putin and the real stuff about the invasion. Welcome back to a very special edition of Founder Vision. I am your host, Brian Gupton with Clearview, and I'm joined today by founder and CEO of uh, Party Space, Yuri F- uh, Filichuk. How are you today, Yuri? Hey, hey Brian. Hey, thanks for having me here. Uh, it's my honor and pleasure. Uh, thanks. I'm fine. As much as the person in Kiev could be fine and safe. Yeah. So, so for the listeners out there, I, yeah, I said it's a special edition today. I, I met with Yuri last week and um, without even realizing it, uh, you know, it was the, I get the, the day that um, the invasion of Ukraine started. And uh, Yuri warned me that if there was any loud noises in the background, that it was, you know, just bombs being dropped nearby him. So, you know, he's a brave gentleman to, 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 um, you know, stick around and plow through that. And, and we're especially grateful that he's taken some time out of his schedule today to uh, speak with us. Now, normally our, our, you know, this particular podcast is, is focused on, you know, founder stories and, you know, around how, you know, they, they've built, you know, their, their startup, um, you know, and of course we'll spend some time today discussing that, but I think, you know, with the, you know, situation in um, Ukraine uh, being, you um, what it is, you know, I, I thought it would be uh, interesting today to, to, to kind of discuss with Yuri, you know, what's going on, you know, what is he seeing, you know, as, as a as a, a founder, you know, in Kiev and, and um, you know, how our business is adjusting to this new reality. Uh, so with that, you know, yeah. you know <laughs> that's a lot to, to, to kind of think about and, and, and talk about, but, but Yuri, I guess, you know, maybe, you know, give us an update, you know, on what, what, you know, what the, the situation on the ground is, you know, there now. Oh yeah. So Brian, uh, I, I would be more than happy to share our founding story of how we created party space, but currently I am more on a si- side of sharing the story how we are saving party space from war. And uh, this kind of experience is not something I would uh, wish anybody else would have. Uh, but everything is not that bad. So uh, it's the eighth day of war with Russia, and they invaded us. It's like a full-scale military warfare, a real war, which happened last week. It changed lives for like millions of people here. Uh, but And currently I am uh, like four kilometers away from the city border. Uh, 
I am around 5 to 10 kilometers away from the active military zone. Uh, today, uh, we were just seeing how the plane, Russian plane crashed nearby and uh, all the fire and stuff around that. So we hear shellings, we hear gunshots. People are armed, people are organized to defend their community and their houses. Uh, so, yeah, uh, now on the eighth day, it seems normal to me, which is also, I don't think, is fine. It, it must be surreal. Uh, yeah, so uh, pro- probably like so the offline world situation is, I don't know. What differs it? The, the only like thing that is surprising that Ukrainian military gave the enormous pushback to Russians, and uh, we are withstanding their invasion. Like nobody expected that. Uh, neither Russia nor NATO countries. Uh, but we 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 are doing our best, and uh, people are fighting for the last drop of blood. So, for instance, in Kiev, like, not in Kiev, in all cities and villages, we have more volunteers than guns available. I'm happy enough to have my own gun uh, with me. Otherwise, uh, it, it would be hard to get armed because we don't have enough arms available. And people are just resisting crazily. So it would be a hard nut for Russia to take. But the most interesting thing is happening online. The IT community of Ukraine is more than 200,000 people. Startups, tech companies, developers, and all of you probably heard about the talented Ukrainian developers, how they might help your company to develop great products uh, fast enough. Uh, Now, these people uh, they divide it into major categories. First part is like the active hacking group. They are doing massive attacks on Russian infrastructure. So all major banks, all Russian major Russian governmental websites, uh, their critical infrastructure is being infiltrated, is being DDoSed, and uh, people are just sitting day and night trying to defend our country online. I wouldn't touch the moral grounds of this. Uh, The war is controversial by design, but people are doing whatever they could to save their country. And they are doing a great job. The case which uh, really amazed me was when the uh, e-vehicles charging station between Moscow and St. Petersburg St. Petersburg on the like the major Russian road. Uh, they hacked the displays on chargers, which was saying bad words about Putin and the real stuff about the invasion. So this cyber offense unit is doing a great job. The second part of Ukrainian cyber army uh, is built on the traditional Ukrainian business. Uh, Upon the early days of internet, people in Ukraine started working with the gray traffic, with the gray ads. Uh, We have a huge ecosystem of casinos, porn websites, webcam, all the gray stuff on internet, which is 
helping people to earn some money. But now all the people who used to work in the, those areas, they're doing their best to show to Russians uh, the reality of what is happening here. So uh, people are buying like millions of views on Google ads, on Facebook ads, uh, on major Russian platforms to show Russians uh, like dead bodies of their soldiers here. And uh, this type of informational warfare, uh, Russians, they, they, they never expected this to happen. A lot of our listeners will come out of the, the tech space, you know, and I, I think a lot of people that, who work in tech, you know, we all know people who, you know, from the Ukraine because, you know, there's so many good developers there and so many good businesses that have come out of the Ukraine. But so for, 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 for tech leaders out there who might be listening and tuning in now, um, you know, what, what is it, what is something that they could do to, to, to help with the situation? So, uh, the thing that really helps is spreading word about what's happening here. Like currently, the whole world is really focused on uh, the situation in Ukraine. Uh, I see the risk that people will fed up, will get fed up with news from here, uh, and uh, they will forget about Ukraine. But I hope that's not the case because we we keep resisting and. Uh, situation like doesn't seem to be close enough to the resolution uh a lot of tech businesses like already show their support uh not like by donating something to ukraine or posting some good pictures online they they just started turning off their services for russians uh and uh Again, the moral part of this might be questionable, but it's effective. All the Russian-speaking startup chats uh, with all the Russian founders, uh, people are just discussing one topic, where and how they could relocate to continue building their business uh, calmly. And uh, now with Oracle, uh, like... Oracle is the backbone for all the enterprise software here. Uh, I feel like this would damage the Russian economy a lot. You know, you're making an interesting point about turning off the, the services. I, I think like on the surface, like the people might have a little bit of reluctance to, to do anything that they, they view might directly hurt, you know, everyday Russians and not just the you know, the oligarchs and the, the politicians. Uh, however, if, if everyday Russians aren't feeling the pain, then there's no pressure on Putin to change his course of direction. And couple that with the fact that, you know, they are basically only able to consume state-run media. So they're hearing, you know, a different version of facts. If everyday Russians start seeing that, you know, hey, this service I used to use at work or used to use in my personal life is no longer available, you know, what's going on? I think, you know, maybe it help forces them to ask better questions and look for better information. But I don't know, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, it's the, the, the right time to pick your side. And uh, the good thing with this conflict is that uh, people who are taking the silent the neutral position, uh, considering all the circumstances, uh, like 
we have a couple of clients from Russia and we just directly asked them uh, what is their position on the conflict, on the war. Like at least if they are threatening this as a war or not. And uh, those who decided to step away from this and say like, oh no, we we didn't touch any politics, we didn't do that, we said sorry, but we won't be able to work with you because people like, we are here forced to yeah. bear the consequences of your politics and you're just trying to stay, step away and say, oh no, we we are nowhere close to that. Uh, sorry, you gotta pick your side right now. Uh, Putin, when they invaded Ukraine, he said, like, this is the beginning of the new world. Uh, he probably had, uh, I hope that, like, he had the delusional different vision of the new world with Russia being a superpower. Uh, hopefully that won't happen and Ukraine will be the bone in their throat. I'm surprised you that you guys still have internet service. Um, you know, frankly, I, I thought if if you know if I were Russia trying to invade, that would be one of the first things I would try to cut. You know, cut off. They, they underestimated. I, I hope. I hope like they under critically underestimated both Ukrainian military, Ukrainian people, and they they were just misled in the easy flip over of government here. But yeah. I say they they are facing a huge resistance, and like without internet, Ukraine wouldn't last long because uh, we are winning the memes war with powerful memes. <laughs> we will win the conflict. But but even you know just the communications you know infrastructure being in place and that allows you all to better coordinate. I'm kind of curious. You know, this is for sure not my area of expertise, but. Is part of the reason they haven't been able to cut internet service and other critical infrastructure just because Ukraine has better defenses in that area, or is it that just strategically they haven't, you know, decided to, to do that yet? Or you may not be in a position. Uh, I I don't know for sure. They they tried they tried to shoot the Bradia uh, tower in Kiev uh, mm. two days ago, but like also that tower is place like really next to the Babi Yar, the place where a uh, hundred thousand Jews were killed by yes. Nazi. So that that was like quite uh self-explanatory uh what's going on here. So uh and uh, pr- probably just because the telecommunication here is decentralized more or less. We are not the autocracy and uh, we have some level of uh freedom on local level, ho- hopefully, like the Ukrainian infrastructure is just more res- resilient yeah. to the invaders. Well, I, I think a big part of the reason there's been such a swift rallying behind Ukraine and throughout the world, you know, when the rest of the world saw the Ukrainians out there and, and your own president and your celebrities taking up arms to fight back, you know, I think people see that, you know, that you are fighting back and that you're not just going to you know, lay down and, and let Russia take you over. Then I think that's the critical piece that gets the rest of the world to really step in. How do we keep that kind of pressure up? Uh, it's it's about arming the Ukraine. We just need more arms. Uh, we need more javelins and stingers. Uh, Ukraine is ready to go full guerrilla mode uh, to stand our ground 
and uh, that's it. Also, like it would help a lot to uh, if NATO would declare the free air over Ukraine, <clears throat> where they will just shoot on sight any plane entering the Ukrainian airspace. But that's like the place for a direct conflict between right. NATO and Russia, and uh, that would be a great help for us because their Russian planes are flying over Ukraine like almost without any risk or threat to them. Uh, yeah, th- that might help a lot. Uh, so how are Ukrainian businesses kind of getting through this and sort of, you know, staying in business? I, I'm sure like, you know, everyone on your, your teams are distracted. I think if bombs are dropping out outside, you know, a few blocks away, it's never conducive to writing good code or you know, having good client conversations. So some people are crippled with fear. And uh, I, I understand them, I support them, and I hope that someday they will be able to return to normal. Uh, some people are just uh, trying to do the, we are calling this a work therapy, where you try to distance at least a bit from doom scrolling back at night and uh, do your job. So our marketing department is working. Our sales team, they like my sales, they are now closing some bigger deals. And when clients are hearing that we are from Ukraine, but we are operational and uh, we can deliver the metaverse events for them, they say, okay, yeah, why? That, that would be really cool for our people to know that they are using the Ukrainian service in this situation. That would be a beneficial for us. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about what Party Space does because we kind of jumped into the conversation yeah. about current events. And, uh, you know, so, so, so maybe tell the audience like what Party Space does and, and, you know, how you came to found the company. My background is in finance and investments. And I was leading the venture capital arm of the family office here in Ukraine. Uh, but in May 2020, during the beginning of pandemics, uh, good friends of mine, Arthur and Dmitry, my co-founders, who are, by the way, replaced, they were relocated from the Eastern Europe, uh, Ukraine during the war in 2014. So they are now like doing their, <laughs> their moving away from war for a second time in their life. And uh, <laughs> I don't think that's a normal for people, but they are doing a great job. And uh, they said, Yuri, we got a gamify video chat because we will face a lot of video communication in our lives soon. Their experience is in building games. So I decided, yeah, why not? And joined the team as CEO and the business lead. And uh, as soon as we started, uh, we were prototyping, trying to find the best way for people to have engage in virtual events. But uh, really soon after beginning of our project, we closed a big deal with the leading music streaming service. Uh, and uh, we delivered them the company-wide end-of-year party, which was a huge success. The only thing they wanted is that their environment for that party would be in 3D. 
So imagine writing your browser, no applications needed to install. You have the 3D environment there, uh, which is neat, which is beautiful. And you have tables. Each table is the audio and video zone where you could actually see and hear people sitting with you at the table. And at the same time, when you're at the table, you can follow the show, the main screen with everything that's happening during the event. And this Oscars-like setup led to enormous engagement. The average session length was over 130 minutes on this event. And people, they stayed with us for a while. So the company was amazed how we could help people to reconnect, reunite uh, in the harshest days of remote work. And since then, we developed a set of different locations, features, setups, environments to host virtual parties, conferences, team building events. Uh, We even created and framed the term microverse, uh, which is the opposite to metaverse because metaverses are dead and empty. Uh, While in party space, you have like smaller, but packed with content and people environment. You're a place for your community or company to reconnect and meet online. And uh, now we are like the most engaging uh, metaverse events platform. Uh, We work with really sound corporates, corporate clients, Grammarly, Nike, Slack. Uh, we hosted events for teams from Accenture, from Google, from uh, KPMG. So uh, a lot of bigger companies are looking for the place where people could have the social layer of communication. Now, have you you thought about any use case for using party space for the, the current situation in Ukraine? Yeah, yeah, so for sure. So we now we have two major uh, things to focus on. The first is the virtual fundraiser event. So we are now looking for the celebrity who would help us to host the event to attract people and uh, donations to Ukraine. Uh, we also agreed with G2, the reviews service, that any review left on their platform for party space would lead to the direct donation to Ukraine. And uh, the second thing that we are doing, uh, we are now considering building the Microverse Museum to like to display the moments of this war. Because uh, we think that this war is heroic. It deserves the real museum. and But our virtual museum can be built as soon as possible. And this will be the place where people will donate, get information about the conflict, and uh, it will show the world the real heroism of the Ukrainian people. And uh, what's the best way for people that want to check out Party Space? You know, or is there a free trial or you know, how, how does that work? So uh, to access party space, we have publicly available spaces on our website. Uh, I would recommend going to dogitemple.io, which is my favorite microverse located on our website. It's what is really, it? So it's a temple dedicated to doji meme. Uh, 
uh, we think that memes are the new religions and religions need their temples, but virtual temples this way. And um, for, for people that, that might be interested in, in, in joining the company, um, you know, what, what are you guys hiring for? Like, what's the, the, the sort of, you know, the, the main selling point for coming to work with, with party space? So, so currently, as we are on the relocation mode, we are not hiring actively. But party space, the metaverse, the way it should be, and the, the market is hyped about it. Uh, nobody is actually delivering the usable, like accessible and uh, neat product. We have such. Uh, we are now integrating with major platforms uh, to deliver party space experiences widely and uh, for those who want to work with ukrainians to take the grasp of our culture and bring in your knowledge we are really open to strengthen up the team so uh when everything goes back to normal i will fly back to the us and we'll start opening up our california or austin office uh with business people marketing and other positions Excellent. Well, Yuri, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your your schedule, you know, especially in light of the situation um, there locally to to, to talk to us. I uh, really enjoyed our conversation. We're going to try to turn this around and get it released uh, really quickly so it stays uh, somewhat timely. Um, any final words? Yeah. The, thank you so much for inviting me over. Please uh, spread word about Ukraine. And please consider using party space that would help us to go through these uh, challenging times. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you again. <laughs>